1: Pod Save the Queen! Hello and welcome to Pod Save the Queen. I'm your host Zoe Forsey and I'm joined as always by our royal editor Russell Myers. We've got lots to talk about this week, including an extraordinary story about an intruder at Windsor Castle, some bad news for Meghan Markle, new Princess Charlotte photos, and a really busy week for Camilla, actually. So, hi Russell, how are you?
0: I'm very well. Good afternoon. Not, Dem- not the only one with a busy week. We were just saying, weren't we? It's just. What did we say to Dan last week? got oh, not much going on next week. And yeah, then... I was
1: just about to say we've been <laughs> accused of jinxing it. Dan's given us a telling off before we came into record today for oh, <laughs> for saying God. that we've know. we've made it a busy week. But can we jump straight in then with this app this story about the intruder at Windsor? Because it was one of those stories that I read and was speechless by it. Because I know that we have been there have been lots of stories over the years about security breaches and issues around kind of royal palaces and royal buildings but this one was just ridiculous because not only did the guy get in he he had to they gave you know he spent the night there and had breakfast didn't he
0: I know this is absolutely extraordinary I mean I, I'm still was still thinking about the um the crossbow wielding intruder story from Christmas day which yeah sort of just just uh, sidetracked me from my turkey dinner for a few hours <laughs> because I remember getting a call on Christmas day and yeah you know, I thought that can't be right that just cannot be right. And uh, and lo and behold, it was. And um, fresh on the, the heels of, of that story, which is still part of uh, an official investigation, this uh, story is about the, the Queen's Guard let a fake priest stay the night and uh, an imposter was allowed to get essentially get into the army barracks, tricked his way past the guards at the door, saying that he was uh, a friend of the, the chaplain um, of the Cold Scream Guards Barracks near Windsor Castle. And this um, this this is absolutely extraordinary. A Ministry of Defence probe is already underway. And I think more extraordinary is the detail that has come out since. So he was not even rumbled until the morning. And they'd not only let him sort of, you know, coughing food and drink in the officer's mess, uh, th- telling them stories about how he was a hero pilot, had uh, had, had special uh, <laughs> special processes to allow him to undergo incredible g-force in uh, in a fighter jet. How he'd ejector-seated out of uh, enemy territory and all sorts. I mean, it's just ridiculous. He said that he'd received a medal for bravery in the Iraq War. Apparently, he was wearing. Uh, priest outfit dog collars kind of vibes um he received transplants for internal organs resistant to g forces um and nobody asked him for any credentials where, so where he was from they just took him at his word and um and also said that he was a friend of prince harry so well, that that's probably the the actual true thing maybe out of all of this <laughs> that he, uh, he was uh, he was mates with harry but Listen, it, it, the, the whole thing is extraordinary. And I think a major, major security blunder and something that the uh, the Ministry of Defence will have to look into. It
1: was, yeah, it was just absolute. It was just one of those really baffling stories. And as you said, it was the detail of it, the, the fact about the, the internal organs and everything like that. Now, the Queen wasn't in Windsor at the time, was she?
0: No, she wasn't. She was in uh, Sandringham, where she had been spending some time after her birthday, welcoming fr- family and friends, which we touched upon last week. But the real issue here is that, yeah, you know, I suppose this is just uh, around the corner. If you've ever been to Windsor, it's literally down the road and around the corner from the actual castle. Um, and on the back of the, uh, the crossbow intruder at, uh, at Christmas Day, these are quite some serious um, issues that they need to look, at, look into because... Who's to say that the Queen could have been there? I mean, she was there on Christmas Day. The security services were there very, very quickly. They'd seen him on CCTV. But um, the Coldstream guards are there to protect the Queen and the castle. So the fact that she returned just a few hours later, um, I mean, you could say is neither here nor there because she would have been protected whilst in her personal quarters. However, I just think that... Some things um probably need to happen with uh with within the security aspect because remember back in well you you won't remember and I won't remember, we we're far too young. However, in 1982, when uh, Michael Fagan broke into to to Buckingham Palace and managed to sit beside the Queen for some time, there was a huge, huge root and branch investigation and um Investigation, in order to to look at the security, I suppose, and and that carried on for many many years afterwards. So, the fact that there's been two in you know just a little, what are we less than six months, um, is quite is quite shocking really, and I'm sure that these the security services. Uh, the police force, Thames Valley Police, and of course the Ministry of Defence Cold- and the Coldstream Guards will want to look into everything. I mean, I just saw some quotes from sort of ex- Met Police commanders at the, during the week saying that this is very, very serious. And of course, they should be on full alert anyway because of the Jubilee um, celebrations are coming up. So, whether th- there must be a heightened level of, of um, potential threat from terrorists uh, and yeah, potential maniacs <laughs> trying to get inside yeah. the palace i mean that, that that is a real real issue and if they're sort of a uh, sleeping on the job as it were it's um it's quite concerning.
1: And I must imagine this must have, you know, really concerning members of the family as well, because I guess they worry about the Queen. I assume in lots of other work, you know, everyone worries about their grandparents, don't they? And they're obviously, you know, she's had health troubles over the last few months and lots of different bits. But I, you'd hope to think that if you lived in a castle with this huge security team, that you'd that were one of the things you would hope not to have to worry about. And if they've now got this to be fearful of as well, if even the people that are trusted to, you know, make sure she's all right. And that's yeah, the thing I mean, with Windsor—is it's so central, it's you know part yeah. of the town.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not—it's not just someone's just got in over the fence and he was apprehended like the crossbow guy. So you could, you could, you could say, listen, people are, are, are potentially going to try that method of gaining entrance to a palace or a castle all the time, and. Fortunately, that man was apprehended very, very quickly. This is someone who was able to get past the guards on the door. He was able to stay with the the, uh, the soldiers in the officers' mess, not only just for a couple of drinks. He stayed there all night and then was giving a bed for the night. Yeah, so, and
1: breakfast. What do you reckon he had breakfast. for breakfast? What do you reckon they? <laughs> you I reckon, reckon he, was he had some up? humble
0: pie. Yeah, way <laughs> <Well>, swiftly, <laughs> swiftly taken off by the old bill. So, uh, so. I mean, we don't know what's happening at the moment. I, mean, I imagine the man's mental health um, is, is a potential issue in this case, seeing as he was billed as a fantasist by uh, by, uh, by police sources who have um, who told the newspapers. So you know, it's a I I think it is concerning and. You may say, well, it's quite removed from the Queen or the rest of the royal family, but definitely, I think that that um, that issue that we should all be on full alert. Certainly, the security services are on full alert because of the jubilee celebrations is a very, very real issue here to contend with. So, um, so yeah, we'll we'll wait and see what, if any, there are any sort of publication of um, of the of the result of the inquiry.
1: Yeah, I was just going to ask that. I don't really know our Ministry of Defence investigations are they normally public knowledge because i'm assuming probably not all of them because surely they want to keep some of it
0: secret kind of what they do under lock and key isn't it because they'll 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 obviously be some heads will definitely roll over this i think you do feel (laughs) kind of sorry for them in a way because you think oh my god they, they obviously didn't really know They'd absolutely been hoodwinked, but that's the issue. That's their job. They're supposed to be on the, on the door protecting the barracks, and um, and God forbid anything more serious didn't happen. I suppose.
1: Yeah, I think that's the you know the one thing to kind of take from it is lucky that the you know the Queen wasn't anywhere nearby. You know, there were no other royals that we know of that involved involved in it. Um, but still, it's it's a really worrying one, and you know, interesting to know if we'll find out any more. Now, moving over to America in. There's no way to kind of subtly link these two together, but Meghan Markle's not had a great week, has she? Um, Obviously, we were all looking forward to, some more than others, her first Netflix project. Obviously, they signed that huge, massive deal. Gosh, was it last year or the year before? Last year um, with the streaming service. And we were looking forward to getting Pearl, which was meant to be a cartoon series. But that's now been dropped, hasn't it?
0: Well, it has. And again what side of the coin do you fall on? Is this something that Netflix are, are under pressure? Um, they obviously needing to, to make some big savings. There have been other shows that have been dropped. Uh, I think they're, all their subscriptions are um, severely down. I was thinking of cancelling mine the other day. I mean, I just don't think there's anything on Netflix anymore. Like you've got Amazon, Disney's really good at the moment. So I think they are battling. Um, they obviously do need to save an awful lot of money. And the Duchess of Sussex is upcoming animated series has been duly dumped. I mean, this was something that um, had been in the works. She'd been developing with Sir John's husband, David Furnish. Well, it will no doubt come as a blow to the Sussexes because there has been a, a big launch, a couple of big launches to much fanfare with Netflix, with Spotify, tens of if not hundreds of millions of dollars at stake. I mean I think that the 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 Sussexist, indeed Megan was d- d- going to regard this as a a major major sort of stepping stone into the worlds of um executive production shall we say um because the elephant series didn't really strike a chord with with um a lot of people I actually watched that the other day for the first for the First time in a long time. And uh, I just thought it was pretty flat. So maybe Netflix have, have seen what they were working on and they decided to, to can it. Um, again, is it, 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 he just an unfortunate casualty of everything because it was only in production stage it cost less money to just scratch it and to say get on with it get on with something else that we're more interested yeah. in maybe maybe that is the case i mean playing devil's advocate i'm yeah, sure it's not that, they the would only say thing, that
1: it's not the only thing that was cancelled as well there were a few others that have kind of been victim of these cuts so it is worth yeah. noting that it's not that as well but so it was so it was that um 112 million Pound deal wasn't it September twenty twenty? What have we actually had from them since on Netflix? Nothing have we. we Well,
0: we haven't had anything. They're doing the
1: Invictus documentary, which well, that's for Harry. I mean,
0: obviously has got involved in that because of they. they, She was at the Hague as well, and they. I I mean, I'm really looking forward to seeing that. I'm sure Netflix style production about the incredible heroism, bravery um, against all the odds. It'll be a really, really good production, and um. Once, once that's done, this was supposed to be the next big launch. So the fact that they've kind of canned their own joint podcast kind of vibe. I mean, we know how hard it is to do a podcast. So <laughs> how foolhardy of them to think that they could just walk into the arena and take it over. But then Megan's now doing archetypes. Um, I mean, when are we going to see some content? I'm sure that's what the bosses are saying as well, because. There have been certain reports I've seen in uh, in UK and US media that, that 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 the bosses of these streaming giants were getting a little frustrated, um, and you can understand why because a year or two on from from very little content, I mean, what one one podcast with a very annoying jingle, no, uh, now no Netflix series. I, I, you would assume the um, the Invictus Games one needs to be following pretty soon because we've just had the games and 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 it would have been following the stories up into the games and um and now they're finished so yeah when are we going to see some content i mean <laughs> sooner rather than later i imagine everyone would hope and there weren't any
1: other projects that i can think of that were meant to be upcoming on netflix whether there's nothing else in the pipeline that's been publicized anyway not
0: not to no. my knowledge i mean again i think that they would have we would have heard about them if there was again this pearl project we we heard about because it was linked to david furnish um it, there was it was anticipated and it's, it is i mean it is a blow it is relatively embarrassing they've got to they've got to produce some content i mean it's up to the, the the figures that i was told at the time is is 100 million flat fee i mean it's been up and down from those there's been a couple of figures mentioned from spotify deal Undoubtedly, they're two big superstars. They carry an awful lot of weight. Whatever they turn out is going to be hugely, hugely followed. However, they've got to start doing some work. I mean, I imagine they're doing a lot behind the scenes. But um, will people get bored of them? I mean, maybe. I, I, I mean, I, you, you know you know more than me about sort of levels of what they're doing, hit rate about stories. I mean, yeah. are, they, are they still as popular as ever or not?
1: It does feel like it's kind of dropping off a little bit. But I think that's largely because we just haven't seen anything from them. Not that I don't think people aren't interested. I think there's nothing for people to be interested in. And it feels like, you know, they had that. They were back on, you know, back in the news, back all over everyone's social media mm. because of the Invictus Games. And you know they kind of need to jump on those spikes when they're back in the public eye again. Um, so hopefully it won't be too long and yeah that's a good point about victor surely that that can't be too far off now. that yeah well, so it's the, to look the, you know to. What,
0: the other the other thing is about you know, t- surely you've got to strike while the iron's hot. you've got yeah. to stay relevant. you've got to you know it's not like Adele who does an album what every 5 7 years or whatever. but and there, and there's huge global um expectation of when that comes and he can ride the quest of that I mean because there's a, a drama across them all the time you know Harry's I, I didn't I didn't think Harry's interview was very well received I mean um speaking to colleagues in America I think it was it was just seen as unnecessary drama and then the whole issue about I'm gonna I'm t- making sure I'm keeping an eye on the queen protecting her and all that nonsense I mean, God, I just, I just, I just don't think it's, it's good for their brand. So yeah. may, maybe Netflix agree at the moment, we
1: and I guess to, maybe we have to wait and see. Yeah, and I guess maybe as well, because if, if they risk holding that Invictus thing until you know another month or so, is it just? going oh, surely they
0: lost, lost in
1: everything in Jubilee because that's going to yeah, be what takes yeah. up every single royal reporter's time. And yeah. we'll go from there. But anyway, moving away from that, now mm. a bit closer to home. There's been this was an exclusive story you had, didn't you, this week? A bit of a row in Windsor and about property wars if you will of who's going to have well, one of yeah, the new cottages sort
0: of widely murmured this for a few for a while sort of um you know andrew and being his usual bullish self had always wanted a, a residence of standing for his two daughters and along with you know, the various rows throughout the years about how his children shouldn't be treated any differently from william and harry um and now it seems because you, Eugenie and Jack have been living in Frogmore Cottage, they have let it be known that they kind of need somewhere to live. And whether that will be that, that obviously won't be permanently at Frogmore Cottage, because when Harry and Meghan were back here, they were staying there. Probably gets a little bit awkward when you're mm-hmm. staying in somebody else's home and you, then it's their home and they have to move back. Does this mean that Harry and Meghan are planning to come? And stay a bit longer. I mean, maybe they will still come for the jubilee. I've been told that certainly Harry and Meghan's team were making plans for them to come over. So whether that whether that does mean that they will, who knows? But um, but certainly, I I I feel that usually has has felt they need to move on from there. And Adelaide Cottage, on, in the grounds of the Windsor Estates, sort of a stone throw away from Windsor Castle, has been left vacant for a few years. It was revamped in about 2015 to quite a lot of money. And, uh, and you know, has she had her eye on it, as the uh, Duke of York had for one of his daughters? It seems as though the Cambridges might have their eye on it as well. Oh, so, no. once again... <laughs> Prince Andrew at the centre of a royal row. Who would have thought it? I mean, he's not been in the newspapers for for about three days, so he uh, <laughs> probably, probably do uh, a, yep. a run out. Yeah. Well, I mean, this could get pretty um, pretty awkward because. Widely reported that Cambridges are looking to move from Kensington Palace. Some say sooner rather than later. It's been spoken about for a couple of days, but some reports do say that uh, that the, the Cambridges have looked at schools. They've enrolled George in a school in Berkshire. They're certainly very, very keen to move to Windsor Castle. Would that open up the possibility of them one day taking over Windsor Castle? Well, maybe, because Prince Charles doesn't really have any ideals to take it over. He's perfectly happy at... Sandringham um, and, uh, and at Highgrove and at Burke Hall. So, but of course, he will take over Balmoral. So, it does kind of leave Windsor vacant. Um, so, would the Cambridges, you know, try, to try and get a, a, um, a just a, a, a stopgap residence, I suppose? And uh, does Adelaide Cottage fit fit that? Well, it probably does because it's big enough for their family. It's close to the Queen, which is obviously very important to William and, and Kate and the children. Again, in her advancing years, I think that that is that is relevant um, and it's close to London. So, I mean, if the, of course, if, it, if push came to shove, it would be the Cambridges who got first refusal. So I'm sure that would put uh, Prince Andrew's nose out of joint even further. But um,
1: and it's also but, yeah. close to Eton if they want to send the boys there.
0: Yeah. I mean, again, I'm not too sure whether they would because. Um, there have been other schools mentioned they like keeping the family close I don't think they'd send the kids to boarding school um, it's very much a case that they've always been there for for school runs and they're, they're very very invested in trying to give the children as normal life as possible whilst living in palaces and having a granny who's the queen um, but that, I mean it is commendable because I think that they've really broken the mould in that sense and they've really tried to create a family life for themselves which is as normal in inverted commas as possible and um and the kids do seem very very well-rounded from from people I speak to that they are very um you know happy at school they they've got their own very different personalities and so um I'm sure that the Cambridges would want to to continue that work as being part of a family unit so it'll be interesting to see where they end up because for Fort Belvedere was um, was mentioned as well. That's that sort of castle.
1: That's a very look- lovely looking one, isn't it? That's very, very that's proper nice. royal.
0: I think I think I'd go for that. To be yeah. honest, I'd live in a castle. It's like the the baby castle from, uh, yeah. from just down the road. Um, but again, uh, some, some people are saying this this will happen sooner rather than later. It's all it's all very cloak and dagger at the moment. So I just think we have to wait and see possibly um, you know, at the end of the school year and see if there are, are moves to be made. I mean, they will be keeping Kensington Palace as a working palace. Um, all their staff will still be based in London. It does seem it's not too much of a commute. I mean, plenty of people who do it. I mean, they're not going to be jumping on the train, are they? They're going to have outriders just uh, whisking them into London, West, West London. So um, again, A bit of an upset for Eugenie if she needs to find another place to live, but I'm sure sure they will survive.
1: It's interesting because I hadn't thought about the Meghan and Harry link to that, of them possibly coming back, because I assume maybe it was just, you know, Jack and Eugenie just wanted to kind of, I don't know, if they want to paint a colour or if they've got a different taste. uh, I imagine they have quite different decor tastes, like just generally of what we know of them as people. So, but yeah, it's it's quite, I think it will get lots of people excited if it might mean we'll see more of the Sussexes.
0: Well, I think yeah, definitely, and um, and the argument is, you know, maybe the there's always an argument. Maybe maybe palaces shouldn't be so London centric. Maybe they should get out more. I mean, it will allow them to, one would argue, to do more jobs in the Midlands and further afield, perhaps, because if they're already on the way, there are. I think I think royal jobs are still very London centric. They do try their best to get out, but there's there's an awful lot of jobs in London, so. I'm 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 sure it will be a good move for the Cambridge because the Cambridge do a lot of things which is going to benefit their family. I think that that is the their their mo straight away. Page one is always about what will benefit the family, um, and that is very admirable because I'm sure they feel the weight of expectation to try and give their their um their children as as normal life as possible. I suppose
1: exciting times, really exciting times for them now. Also this week we had Princess Charlotte's birthday, didn't we? And some lovely new photos to go with it.
0: We did. I know you're very excited about uh, uh, the uh, the Duchess uh, of Cambridge's pictures. What, what did you think? I of love these this ones? time of
1: year because we get so many photos. Because we
0: obviously yeah, have we have all the kids' if babies, a week.
1: all the kids' birthdays, which is good. These were really cute. Um, all the bluebells, weren't they? Nice shots. Uh, she looked just as always, as it always is when Kate takes these photos. They just look so relaxed, so lovely. And we got to see the dog for the first time properly. I think, wasn't it?
0: Orla. Alla. the dog. Yes.
1: Lovely I mean, name.
0: Yeah, nice dog. What is it? It's a it's a King Charles Spaniel, isn't it?
1: I think so, because this was the one that did it come from uh James Middleton.
0: James, J Middy, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, lovely dog. I mean, um I I I mean I to try and say a bit more, something a bit more interesting than my hasn't she grown, I'm sure. The, <laughs> you know, I, that's why I like the Louis pictures, because you're running around with a cricket ball, it's very happy. I mean, i th- I think you know Charlotte's probably got the most personality out of all of them at the moment does not she i still can't get over when she told the photographers you're not coming in i know
1: that was brilliant wasn't it <laughs> <laughs> but she looked really cute lots of people talking about the fact that she was wearing jeans in these photos rather you know we've got used to seeing her in the you know really cute little dresses so it was nice to see her in a bit more of a, a casual look with that um lovely jumper kind of matching the bluebells behind her and that it was like a white shirt with i think polka dots which was really cute Lovely photos, okay. really nice. So yeah, happy seventh birthday to Princess Charlotte. Um, now, what else have we had? Oh, the Queen. We we mentioned this a few weeks ago, didn't we, of the excitement of the Queen having a, a potentially, you know, going to Epsom for winner. the a winner. A winner for the
0: first time. She never had a winner at the Derby. And the Epsom Derby is uh, widely considered sort of the world's greatest flat race. Um, incredible course, um in surrey and the queen has never had a winner there are five big sort of championship races and she has won the more all the others and never had a winner in the derby she had three horses running up until last week well up until this week actually and um reached for the moon which was a third favourite, seven to one, decent little bet that, has pulled out alongside Educator and General Idea. They were sort of a bit of a rank outsider bet for the Queen. However, it seems as though they'd reached for the moonus, especially had had an injury last year and was struggling for full fitness. So the Drainers decided to pull him out of the race, unfortunately. So... Bit of a blow to the race um, course chiefs because they have been battling. I think we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it's in the Jubilee week.
1: weekend, isn't it?
0: It is, definitely. It's June the 4th, the big race on the Saturday, and they are really, really determined to get the Queen there and especially members of the royal family there. So there's this military-style operation to try and get the Queen into the car, driven down as close to the sort of the uh, the entry to the race course and the lifts as possible so she can sit in comfort in the royal box um because again she's been suffering these mobility problems of late although she looked very very sprightly the other day she was meeting the yeah the uh, I think the prime minister of Switzerland
1: they were and, great uh, photos yeah she looked really she looked happy she was beaming away wasn't she she had a lovely lovely away. blue dress on I really spoke lovely. to someone
0: at Sandringham who said that she was feeling revitalised and refreshed, and they were uh, they were said she was full of the joys of spring. And I thought, yeah, oh, that's, that's a lovely thing to say about the Queen. And then I saw those photos. And thought, oh, gosh, well they weren't wrong because she looks um, she looks absolutely you know, full of the joys of life, which is great because she's been having a nice break down in Sandringham. Um, had her birthday, of course, also for her family and friends. So I still think she will want to go to the races. They will be doing everything they can to try and get her there. But it is obviously a very jam-packed jubilee weekend. So maybe she will have to pick her battles. And if she hasn't got a horse racing, maybe she will just uh, stay and watch it on the telly.
1: Yeah, I don't... Oh, I love... The day of horse racing is good fun, especially if all the family goes. I love and really miss actually seeing her at... Uh... Royal Ascot, um but it's always they all just one of those events where I love. They all just chat. They all look like they're having such a great time. So hopefully they can make it down for that. Um, but yeah, disappointing n- um, news about the what was it? Reach for the moon. Which is also a great Reach name. Reach
0: for the moon. Yeah. Kind yeah.
1: of S Club Seven vibes is what that Reach brings. For the to, yeah, what it brings yeah. to my mind. There, I hope that's what it was inspired by. Now Camilla's had an awfully busy week this week, hasn't she? She's done loads of engagements.
0: She has. I know you're very keen on Camilla on Vogue, on, is going to be on the cover of Vogue.
1: Yeah, you can talk about all the actual royal things she's done this week afterwards, but I want to talk about.
0: <laughs> um, she's going to be on the cover
1: of Vogue, we've uh, found out this week. So it's her 75th birthday in July. So, she's yeah, she's been given the, covers, uh, the cover photo the cover shoot so obviously you know this is the something cover i think it's called the cover yes thank you <laughs> <laughs> i'm just too excited i'm clearly getting caught up on it so the photo shoots already happened It took place last week now apparently she was offered the full you know the full works and a big team of celebs stylists to be flown in glam squad glam squad there we go but she said no and she just had a small group there from the magazine there and she also had like some palace aides. lots of secrecy about it obviously so that nothing is leaked but it's really exciting exciting it's a huge honor we know that diana did vogue uh kate's done vogue megan Queen. the queen's done vogue princess margaret's done vogue
0: princess anne
1: princess anne yes of course now megan didn't well she did do vogue but she didn't do the cover she did her obviously um gosh what was it movement Lord, what was it called No,
0: i mean she she turned it down because she thought it would be too what was the word Self-indulgence.
1: Yes, because she did it on Voices of Change. That was it, Voices of Change. And then they had
0: that little mirror on yes, the front. that was it. Which would look like the, some tobacco foil or something.
1: Yes, but it was a lovely idea. It was a nice. Yeah, well, I, it was I, a nice I'm a, idea. I'm a fan of the idea.
0: I think the execution was poorly thought out, but <laughs> I'm not the editor of Vogue. Mate. You, we'll
1: you are not, beautiful. and please, please, anyone making decisions on that, do not let there will be a lot of pussy bows in that. I think Amber would be very proud if that for it, if that for happened. It. But yes, yeah, so that's really excited. So we'll see that in the summer, which will be lovely, and mm. it's, as I said, a huge honour it can't be you know apparently it's been in talks for a long while but it feels like it fits really nicely obviously after the queen's you know said earlier this year that she wants camilla to be the queen consort so re- really nice and that'd be something to look forward to very but good elsewhere she um well her and charles went to the bbc didn't they that was probably the first time we saw her in this week
0: oh well, yeah just speaking about fashionista stuff because obviously i'm on the money, um, Duchess of <laughs> Cambridge is going to be presenting the Queen Elizabeth second Award for British Design. Oh, of
1: course, yes, it's a very
0: fancy event this evening. So you will hear about this in the space-time continuum because it is embargoed at the British Fashion Council meeting at the London Design Museum. Now this. Is award recognises the culture and trade role of British design and the fashion industry has played and continues to play throughout Her Majesty's reign. So very, very much involved Platinum Jubilee vibes going on. Uh, The inaugural award was announced and presented to Richard Quinn in February 2018 when the Queen made her first visit to London Fashion Week.
1: Oh, that was brilliant! Well, she and she sat on the front row, didn't she? She
0: did, yeah. So, yeah, the, Kate is going to be presenting this award to an emerging British designer, and she is going to meet uh, editor in chief of British Vogue, Edward. Oh, I always pronounce his name wrong. Is it Ennifal? Yes, Ennifal. Ennifal. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, fantastic! Um, so
1: he obviously worked very closely with Megan when she did her edition of it, because she co-edited that edition, didn't she? So really, she you know, really nice. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I I, I won't
0: be so facetious. I did actually really like the concept, and I thought it was very well thought out. I just I wasn't a fan of the foil on the front of the magazine. I thought it was a bit weird. Anyway,
1: well, I suppose you Uh, can't really have a real mirror that would be a logistical nightmare. Yeah, (laughs)
0: health and safety these days. But uh, anyway, moving on, Charles and Camilla. I was at the BBC with them last week, oh, and um, I didn't realise you were it there. Was, exciting! It was, yeah, it was. It was exciting because it is the 90th anniversary of the World Service, and they were there to sort of. Uh, there was no cake. I was oh. really disappointed. There was no cake. I'm always up for going to an anniversary or sort of commemorations, and it's normally cake going on. But anyway, oh, there wasn't any. That's sad. Uh, but they paid, It was really interesting because not only paying tribute to all the incredible journalism at the BBC and beyond. It's, it's ongoing, um, even as we speak, in Afghanistan, in, in Ukraine, especially, is getting a lot of uh, the spotlight at the moment. But they were then able to speak to the teams in this sort of big Zoom room that they'd set up. And they, both Charles and Camilla, met Clive Myrie and Lise Doucette and uh, two very, very familiar journalists on uh, on the BBC, on sort of global screens at the moment, because they've been anchoring the coverage, from um, from Kiev, and so uh, they were able to speak to them. Very interesting what Lee said. She was saying, "Don't for lot of attention on Ukraine at the moment, but don't forget the other wars." And I think that is something that they, again, come back to what does what do the royals do? What are they? What are they useful for? And that is something that they are useful for getting um, these sort of issues out into the open, meeting community groups, trying to work out how they can. Uh, be of help and that is certainly something that they that they do do well I think um so yeah 90 years of the world service
1: oh it sounds like a great event even if there was and I do remember the day this was actually because you came into the office afterwards didn't you and I commented on the fact you were wearing a tie (laughs)
0: because <laughs> yeah, it was such a shock to see you in a tie either, yeah, <laughs> I was either, yeah, either in court or. At yeah, a, uh,
1: and still <laughs> at hurt a, by the fact that the, yeah, the effort you make for Charles and Camilla is somewhat higher than it is. I'm wearing before. a very
0: fetching. I oh, was so looking at my so, jumper. Yeah, is, Sam- it, is it salmon salmon pink, salmon pink? Salmon pink.
1: Very yes. nice. It looks, very looks lovely. Looks very nice. Now Camilla was also at Emmaus wasn't she which was a great event I love this charity I am a big fan personally I used to live in Colchester and in Essex and I basically everything in my house was from Emmaus because I thought it was such a good idea and the products were amazing but I don't have one local to me anymore so it's really nice seeing a bit more information on it so they were getting everything ready for the big lunch weren't
0: they? They were. Now Emmaus, which you will know, supports a uh, fantastic charity supporting homeless, uh, homelessness and homeless people. And the Duchess has been the charity's patron since 2006. And she was speaking to lots of people who were gathered. A big old spreads up in Manchester in Mosley. It looked, uh, it looked delightful. But the thing that caught Camilla's eye was a 1977 cup featuring a picture of the Queen. And it was uh, a, a jubilee mug. And she actually bought it. She bought it for one pound <laughs> fifty. Amazing. But I didn't think the royals carried money. Oh it's yeah, just, that's true. You know, I always um just slightly sidetracking a sec because I always remember watching a documentary about Charles in Papua New Guinea, and he was just walking along. Saying, "Oh, can I buy that? Can I
1: buy oh, that?" Oh, I remember that, and he had his you whole know, staff were running around
0: 50. behind him, going,
1: "Oh, we haven't got <laughs> time
0: to find enough cash yeah. anyway." So, um, Camilla paid paid one pound fifty, and she said, "I see you've got a nice Jubilee mug. I'm going to buy that. I've got a whole collection. Believe it or not." Oh, so- amazing she also that. said, um, she also picked up a teapot and declared, oh, that's a really nice teapot here for anyone who collects them. I wish I had a bit more time. It's great to get presents if you have the time. So we we know that she does her own shopping for presents and we know that she's she also got a Jubilee mug. I mean, there's not so strange as fact. No, so not just a Jubilee
1: mug, a Jubilee mug collection.
0: I, mean, I wonder how that... Do you reckon she
1: gets up in the morning when she has her brew sit there? Which, you know, which It's utterly, Which royal utterly, one do I have? Utterly bizarre. Utterly bizarre. <laughs> I hope she's got one from her wedding. Just having like, your morning <laughs> cup just, of tea, you know.
0: <laughs> just a wing, a wing dedicated to Jubilee and cups and wedding cups. Bizarre.
1: Absolutely great event. I loved it. Now, speaking of Jubilee fun, obviously we spoke about it a lot last week, but this week's Jubilee update is... I think the most exciting, and that is because we've got the shortlist for the pudding competition, haven't we?
0: We do. We do have a shortlist for the for a pudding competition. Um, so, what have we got? Where to start?
1: Talk us through.
0: Okay, we've got five finalists. We have the uh, Daily Mail have called them a lawyer, the sales manager, the composer, the skincare expert, and the copywriter. I mean, that seems quite like some, a game of Cluedo. Yeah. Mm. There are creations of from five amateur baker, bakers. Who are the finalists in this national pudding com- competition to find the Platinum Jubilees Pudding of the Year? And it is, um, <clears throat> bear with me, sorry. Are oh,
1: you getting ready to clear in your throat for it? This is going to be big. I like the.
0: <laughs> well, we have a Jubilee Bunt Cake based on a classic Victoria sponge with a royal twist as it's shaped like a crown. Ooh. This uh, Sarah Smith from Warwickshire. 32-year-old lawyer. She used Dubonnet in the jam, which is the Queen's favourite tipple. And uh, after, well, after reading that, it was the the Queen's favourite drink. There's also Susan Gardner from Argyle and Bute in Scotland. She's a retired, retired sales manager. She created a summary for Nations pudding using Scottish berries Yorkshire rhubarb, Welsh cakes, and Irish butter and cream. I'm just Ooh, looking at the picture of this. It looks good. absolutely incredible. Then we have Caitlin McLennan, uh, 29. She's a composer and oboist from Oxfordshire. She created a passion fruit and thyme, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, Fraggy Pain, Fraggy Pain Tart. Answers I've got, on a postcard. I was say, no
1: idea. We need Mary Berry. I've got absolutely Inspired no idea. Inspired by her
0: late grandmother's favourite layer cake, it pairs the tartness of the passion fruit jelly with a hint of thyme for a subtle floral note with creamy cheesecake, fraggy, oh. and buttery shortcrust pastry. Right, I'm, I'm waffling on, so I'll get
1: you. <laughs> No, love it. There we have
0: it. This is possibly my favourite, I think. Um, It is Shabnam Rousseau's, who is a skincare worker from North London. She created a rose fladua cake. She described it as a humble cake of the people from the streets of Mumbai. And she wanted the cake to represent the Queen's inclusive reign. Uh, It looks absolutely extraordinary. Lots of floral decorations on it. And finally, Gemma Melvin, Thirty-one-year-old copywriter from Southwark created lemon swiss roll and amaretti trifle pudding. Now, this flavour was inspired, inspired rather by the lemon posset served at the Queen's wedding in nineteen forty-seven, and chose to elevate it with amaretti and mandarins. Oh, that there sounds good.
1: Go. That I think that's my favourite one. That sounds lovely.
0: That should leave. I will leave you salivating at the choice of cakes. Um, I've I've put a picture on my Instagram to look at. It is delicious all the cakes
1: that sounds very very nice i'm big fan of that that oh, there's just so much tr- and i love i love the fact that there are the difference i love with the that lemon one it's got nods to the mm. wedding so it's you know a bit of a tribute to prince philip as well which is lovely yeah, the four lots, nations one's lots, good lots about lots yeah of oh how lovely and we've still got a while till we find out the winner of that though don't we but i wonder if we Oh, I want to taste them all. I'm trying to figure out of a way that we can. <laughs> well,
0: maybe we should get in touch with them. Yeah, for doing what doing. You know, we should have we should have done the top fifty.
1: Yeah, that's good. That'd be a good make up for the lack of cake at the anniversary, the BBC anniversary event. Yes, last week, all the puddings. Now, um, I'm not going to say in anything of whether next week is going to be busy or quiet because Dan will shout no. at me again. But what have we got coming up next week? There's one event that just dropped in before we walked in that looks really, really. Um, you know, it's going to be a really powerful one about the Manchester uh, Arena m- Terror Attack Memorial.
0: Well, yes, indeed. And I think that this is part of, uh we were just talking about the Royals getting out and about. And this is an, it's, it's an incredibly worthy engagement to be at because William and Kate are going to be paying tribute to the 22 people savagely murdered in the Manchester Arena Terror Attack in 2017. And this is the o opening the official opening of the memorial which has been created in their honour and uh, they're going to be gathering at the service at uh, the Glade of Light which is a white marble halo bearing the names of those killed in um, in the 2017 attack so that is on May the 10th just ahead of the fifth anniversary of, um, of the awful atrocity which happened in 2017. Um, I understand William is going to say some words Kate will lay some flowers, and then they will join a private reception inside Manchester Cathedral afterwards, and also speak to some of the families involved. So, um, incredibly poignant engagement coming up for for the Cambridges, and uh, and yes, I'm sure as ever, it will be an incredibly busy busy week as we uh, as we are on the countdown to the Platinum Jubilee.
1: We really are. There's lots. Yeah, I want. I can't. We're not. We know everything now. I think, don't we? Apart from the pudding thing apart from the secrets that we're not going to get till the end um, so yeah the count the countdown is on it's very exciting it is indeed yeah, lovely right well thank you so much for joining me russell and thank you as always for everyone for listening in we are on instagram and twitter at PodSave, and until next time
0: pod save the queen